When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. The Bucks released Antonio Brown yesterday. E.J., as we all know. Team official told ESPN's Adam Schefter that A.B. was agitated about not getting the targets he was expecting, and he had to be calmed down. Brown's attorney told ESPN's Jenna Lane that A.B. won't upset about the lack of targets. And A.B. released a statement on Wednesday saying, he was just too injured to go back into the game. Okay. And when you just heard yesterday's sound of Key saying, just because the guy's been wrong in the past, doesn't mean he's wrong this time. And I said, that, you know, Jay and Key and I, I think we were all on the same page there. If he has receipts, he has receipts. But, of course, we knew the Bucks were going to have their own answer to that. And here was Bruce Arians, head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks, on what happened from his perspective. That was a, the disturbing thing when we were looking for him to go back into the game. All right, we always had, uh, he was very upset at halftime about who was getting targeted. Got that calmed down. Players took care of that. It started again on the sideline. We called for the personnel group that he had played in the entire game. He refused to go in the game. That's when I looked back and saw him basically wave off the coach. I then went back, approached him about what was going on. Uh, I ain't playing. What's going on? I ain't getting the ball. That's when I said, you're done. Get the F out of here. And that's the, that's the, that's the end of it. And uh, we, are work, we are working on Carolina. That's the end of the story. And um, hopefully it ends today. You can't force a player to play. I mean, they, they have that choice. It's their body. And uh, he decided to play. He and Mike both were on pitch counts. All right. And um, we were trying to manage as best we could in the first half. All right, Key, you said earlier in the show, hold on, why, why are you chuckling? Every time you hear that sound, you come, we come out laughing. Why are you chuckling? Because I love hearing how the spin doctors be working with everybody, everybody positioning themselves, they leaving stuff out, not really giving you everything, kind of you know, saying things like, oh, he was, we had to calm that down, he wanted the football. They setting the narrative up, and it's just funny. It's, it's because I've, I've seen this so many times in my life, with athletes, and it just it's hilarious to me. You said earlier in the show that you're not going to hear much from his teammates right now, right? Because Correct. Bruce Arian was, Arians was talking about that. You know, you're not going to hear, like, you know, basically you're not hearing anything from the team in support of him, right? So why, why are you not going to hear much from his teammates? Well, one of the things is the teammates is not going to get caught up in the mix, man. We're trying to win a championship right now, and not only that, I'm on a team. I got a family to feed. I don't care how much guaranteed money I have. I'm not trying to ruffle feathers on my team right now. You, you, you know, you're going to always have a split decision in a locker room about a teammate's personality. If he's a real a-hole, teammates are really going to start to come out and say stuff. Like, oh, yeah, it was time for him to go anyway. They're going to start to say those sort of things. But if they genuinely like you and they respect you, they ain't going to say nothing because they saw 
how you are treated up close in person. That's why, and I go back to my own experience, when I left the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, my teammates didn't say nothing. My teammates, in fact, they, they was at my house chilling with me after the fact. But, but people in the building and the organization tried to put muzzles on them, and they were not in the same secure position as me, so they were not going to say anything. They were just going to not say nothing until such due time that they needed to say things. That's Jay, just how it is. Jay, where are you with the – I mean, because t- to me, and Key earlier in the show was like, listen, you, you know, don't, don't fall for the okey-doke. Yeah. And that's not me, man. Like, you know, like every, I'm sure I've fallen for it in the past, but I'm pro player. I'm very cynical about, you know, about especially what I, the spin I hear from teams and leagues. But AB has very little credibility with me based on his past. Well, so where are you with all of this? Well, it is smart by the organization, even those little, you know, tea leaves about he didn't get his targets the situation that happened at halftime, especially considering two days ago that his agent and Jason Light actually acknowledged this. They tried to get that $2 million guaranteed of incentives, and the team denied that, right? So they're playing that narrative, and it fits into that narrative. Regardless of whatever you think, who is right or wrong, the team wins at the end of the day, right? Like The team is moving on from Antonio Brown. And the whole situation just makes me feel so unfortunate for A.B. because – if he had just handled that correctly, he still could have got his incentives key, you know, the next game against the Panthers. Um, he still would have had a chance to win a Super Bowl. And it just – But, it see, feels, that goes to show you, though, Jay, it probably wasn't all about the incentives. I hear you, but key, like, it gets to a certain point in a player's career, even if it wasn't about the incentives. It was like, how many more mistakes can I afford to make before I won't have a chance anymore? As many as I can make, as long as I'm good. Yeah, but, I mean, now we're having conversations about whether we think A.B. will have actually have a chance to be on an NFL team again. Hey, Jay. And, and if you're a GM, I, I understand that talent speaks at the end of the day, Key, but yeah. if you're a GM and you're reasonable and yeah. you're looking at this saying, do I want to put my team through that? I mean, Were you on this show last year? <laughs> oh, no, no. Two, what year was it? Yeah, last year, right? Yeah, yeah it feels yeah. like it's been two years, were, right? Were you on the show when we started last year? Oh, A.B., yeah. is he going to – is he going to – Get picked up by anybody? Ah, he's done. His career's over. I can't believe it. Dude just won a Super Bowl, man. But there is familiarity with a, with a, a legendary, the greatest quarterback of all time who vouched for him, and we're just kind of seeing that relationship implode a little bit to a degree. Yeah, but think about it. So, I mean, that's, that, that's the greatest quarterback of all time, Key. Like, I'm, think about am it. I going to put A.B. with a young quarterback? The year before. No, I didn't, I didn't say it with a young quarterback. The year before that, he was in Oakland uh, at the time. No familiarity, right? They still took a chance on him because he could play football, right? All the stuff yeah, that he went through, Tom Brady vouched for him. Still took a chance on him. The I mean, look, I hope Patriots, somebody takes some kid. I hope I, I want to see. I want to see him back in the league. I just, the New England Patriots took a chance on him, no familiarity. So, my whole point is, there's 32 teams. Three of those 32, you can X out, right? You can X out the Raiders, the Pats, and now the Bucks. Oh, or you can X out Pittsburgh. So four of the 32. But that's what I'm saying, Keith. So it, Mike Tomlin had it work for a long time in his prime. That finally exhausted itself. The Pat situation with Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, that yes. exhausted itself. Yep. The Raiders, the bad boys, like, hey, if there's a place where a guy can fit, 
It's right? the Raiders. It's the Raiders. That exhausted itself. And now you're telling me with the greatest quarterback of all time, they win a championship, and then it feels like it's still not good enough. That exhausts itself. So you're like, I, those are four pretty incredible examples. This so it's 32. Why, what, wait, what, look, yeah, Max, it's yeah. 32 teams, Max and Jay. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Four. You meant, We mentioned four teams. How many left? Yeah, no, no. Listen, and by the way, by the time regimes flip over and everything, but here's the thing exactly. about here's the thing about AB. The expression is, "Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me." AB has fooled people five, six, seven, eight times. We all know it will be no different. So as long the next time, it will be no different. If he feels the moment he feels he has leverage, he wants to go shake the money tree, and he'll and it's a shakedown. For each team, it's a shame. You get to a point, it's like, now I want more money. And he'll do what he can to try and grab the money. And he does it in a self-destructive way because it doesn't result in the money. He's so self-destructive. As crazy as as it sounds, if I was a general manager next year and I had a stable situation with a stable quarterback and coaching staff and everything, Mm -hmm. we'd take a look at him. Of course, because he's really good. Taking a look is one thing. Would you do it, though? Because you know why? He could help me win games. You know why he was good for the Buccaneers? Because he could help them win. You know when he became no good for them? It's because he couldn't help them beat the Jets because he couldn't get in the game. But he was let hurt. Me, let me ask so you it this. was time to how, get away from him. How much hand-holding are you willing to do for that? Because that comes – I think that was one of the things that kind of – you felt like you witnessed with Bruce Arians, right? Like the amount of attention it takes to continue to stay on top of the A-B situation – has to be at a certain point where you're like, I just can't. I, I, I don't have enough power, willpower to keep doing this. I can't well, do I, it anymore. I, I probably shouldn't be a general manager or president <laughs> of a team in the National Football League if I don't have the willpower because he ain't the only one. Well, here's the thing, guys. This, here's <clears throat> the whole thing. He won a Super Bowl, right? <clears throat> like, it, is it possible to have a situation with A.B.? Because until then, it was like, oh, but like in the end, what's, you're going to have to get rid of him before the job gets done. But the job got done last year. So that means something. It, it demonstrates to teams, actually, if you play it just right, of course it's going to blow up eventually, but you might get you a might Super Bowl out dirt. of it. You, you can might. Pay dirt. You might because yes. he is. Dude, think about the receivers, the pass catchers on the Bucks. He was the best one. They got studs everywhere you look. He was the best one. That's why you hit pay dirt. People joke or people get mad. Oh, you can't. Man, if you only knew the type of personalities in professional sports and football that are around in locker rooms and on teams and coaching staffs, but everybody continue to get recycled. You recycle coaches. They recycle coaches that can't coach every single day. You don't think they're going to recycle a player who can help them win? Absolutely. Think think about it, Max. You've been covering sports for a while. Think about all the different players that you've seen coming in and out of the National Football League that had issues, so to speak, multiple stops. A dude, the Dallas Cowboys signed Greg Hardy. Think about it. After all what he did. I mean, honestly. With no problem at all. Honestly, guys, you can make a very good argument that A.B., is the third best receiver who ever lived. Like, you can make the argument based on the numbers he put up in the past. So, Max, I love this conversation because we, we just got a text from James Steele, who's one of our producers, who's at home listening to our show today, uh, who says, oh, give, me Ty- give me Tyreek Hill. Oh, he's working. All right. Tyreek, Kelsey, and A.B. on the Chiefs next year. See? I need it. There you go. 
or the Rams or put him with OBJ. Like, like, uh, there you go. Odell See, with, that's, with that's where you get lost, though, Max. Come on. The sound of it, though, it sounds so sexy, doesn't it? It sounds so damn good. But in did reality, it not, though, did it not sound sexy when you heard Gronkowski, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Tom Brady, Antonio Brown? <laughs> that was real sexy, too. And guess what? They bit into it. They, they bit into it, and they, got, they won a Super Bowl. They won a Super Bowl, but yeah, he's going to blow it up. But you can win a Super Bowl before he does. Someone who is in a very good uh, position, I think, to evaluate wideouts, Champ Bailey, former Georgia cornerback, pro football Hall of Famer. Let's bring, in, uh, let's bring him into this conversation. Champ uh, joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning. Shut down corner, Champ Bailey. What's going on, Champ? Not much, man. How you guys doing? What's up, Champ? Good, Champ. Listen, we're talking about A.B. and the possibility of another team taking him on because, yeah, he'll blow up. But before he does, you might mess around and, as Key says, hit pay dirt. Where are you on all this? I'm with Key. If he can play, there's a chance somebody signs him. That's just the reality. We all know that the NFL has a short memory when it comes to production. So people will take a chance on that, you know, in the short term. I don't think anybody's looking at him as a long-term answer at this point in his career. But to plug a hole or two, there's always injuries. There's always desperation. So, yeah, there's always a chance he he could play because he can still play. Yep. And Champ Champ knows how this league is, right? You're going to have Bruce Arians and Jason Lights. They're going to have what they got. So when Seattle picks up the phone to call them to investigate what happened, they're going to take that with a grain of salt anyway. They're already going to be like, yep. yeah, okay, because they do the same thing. Yep. Yep. You're exactly right. I'm telling you, man, it's, when it boils down to it, what's the most important thing? Winning football games. And, you know, man, they – they're going to do whatever it takes to win games. And they're going to look away at some things. You look at some of the guys that have had issues throughout the years. Some fade away, some get chances because some people are more valuable on the field than others. That's just the way it goes. Champ, let's stay in the NFL for a second. Your former team, the Broncos, are going to miss the playoffs again. And seeing that they need a quarterback, do you think they have a legitimate shot at getting Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> I do. I do because I think the Packers believe they have their future on the bench. And they've been here before, you know, with Favre, you know, passing the baton to Aaron Rodgers. And then Favre went on to play a few more years, you know. So it's it's not far-fetched. I mean, Peyton Manning did it. Uh, even Phillip Rivers left the Chargers after so many years. So we all know how guys are at the end of their career, especially quarterbacks. They tend to move on, get a couple more years. But the Broncos, that's what we've been lacking for the past few years. We haven't drafted well at the quarterback position. Since Peyton left, you, you can't find a quarterback good enough for the Broncos. And, you know, they've wasted some years because we're loaded with talent in other positions. But we all know you can't win anything in this league without a quarterback. Pro Football Hall of Famer Champ Bailey joined us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Champ, the champion uh, playoffs start next week. Who you got coming out of the AFC and the NFC? Wow. Oh, what a question. Well, it's hard to bet against uh, the Chiefs 
I think uh, they they they've been clicking. But I think this last game they played so bad on defense. We all know it just takes a little wake-up call, a little thing to make you dial in a little more. And that's a team that you don't need dialed in a little more, you know. So I feel like they'll fix those things. Guys will play a little differently. But even in the NFC, I mean, you could say Green Bay, Green Bay all day, but we've seen how they've been the last few years. You know, they just because everybody got to go through Lambeau doesn't mean anything, at least not these days. So, you know, I, I got I got Green Bay, but – I can't – it's hard to bet against Brady, you know. So, we'll see. Bucks, Packers, you know, one of those two will make it. When you say it's hard to bet against Brady, like you look at a guy like Mahomes or Rodgers or, or now to me Justin Herbert or Kyler when he's healthy, the talent jumps out at you, right? Brady is, right. is different. When you say, like, it's hard to bet against Brady, if – if the Packers now with all the injuries on the Bucks have maybe the better roster, that's really saying Brady's better than Rodgers, isn't it, Champ? Like that's the guy you'd rather have. Well, he's a better winner. I mean, the track record shows that. And you got to think it's you, you're talking about a lot of talented guys. I mean, when you think about talent, Brady's not one of your guys you just throw out there like, oh, this guy got a big arm and he just looks like the prototype. And look at the plays he. No, it's he wins games, he wins situations. Football, everybody's talented. In the NFL, everybody has talent. At every position, there's talented people. But who's going to win in those situations when you got to have it? You're down four, and you got to go the distance to to win the game. I've seen Brady do that more times than not. So I would never bet against that in the moment. Champ Bailey, former Georgia CB, Pro Football Hall of Famer, joining us here on Keyshawn J. Will. And, Max, champ, your alma mater is back in the college football playoff national championship game, man. Congratulations. And how does it feel to see – how does it feel to see your former teammate, Kirby Smart, have a chance to bring a national chip back to Athens? It feels great. You know, the good thing is I know he's a bulldog, you know, at heart. You know, since I've met him, you know, that's that's just – what we are we're, we're bulldogs at heart so to see him leading the team it's, it's extra special for me because i played with him but we all know none of that matters until you win that big one and you know he's as competitive as they come so i know he wants this one i mean we we feel good around here but i think everybody's kind of hedging their bets a little bit not really <laughs> jumping off a cliff because we know them as a team that we just can't we we just haven't been able to beat lately Damn, you played with Kirby Smart, champ? Yeah, man, I'm that old. No, no, no. He looked like he looked like he would have coached you. <laughs> that's what I was yeah, saying. I, was I'm like, saying huh? I think it meant the other way around, champ. Yeah, it's the other way around. But... Hey, it's funny. My wife said the same thing. He looked like he could have coached you at college. But no, exactly. no. He just, you know. <laughs> no, he's a couple years ahead of me, but we did play my whole career at Georgia. We, we were on – he was on my team, so he he for whatever Big reason, hey, for whatever reason, champ, champ, you, uh, <laughs> go ahead, Key. I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say for whatever reason, it seems like he cannot beat Nick Saban. He's zero and four. How much is the stress, the pressure to beat Nick Saban right now, especially in the national championship game? He'll be zero and two if he doesn't. How much pressure is on him? Man, look. Well. 
here's the thing. I think Nick Saban's a great coach, and I think Kirby's a great coach. But one thing you can't give somebody is experience. And Nick Saban's just he's experienced. He understands what it takes to win football games. And if you – if I feel like we got the players to beat them, but our coaches got to get over the hump. And I, get, I guarantee you Kirby would say the same thing. You know, he can sit out there and yell, but it's in those little situations – you know, fourth down to go for it, kicking a field goal or going for it. Little things like that throughout a game really determine wins and losses. And I think when Kirby wins those little battles within the game, we'll, we'll come out with a win. But until then, I mean, Nick Saban, he's Nick Saban. Experienced winner. I mean, come on, he's going to be tough no matter what. And he knows who this guy is. So, you know, we got a lot riding against us. But at the same time, man, it, it's about that time because the players, we definitely match up now. Champ Bailey, the great Champ Bailey, Pro Football Hall of Famer. Appreciate you jumping on with us. Before we let you go, real quick, what's Georgia have to do to win it all on Monday night? You got, we have like 30 seconds. i tell you what. What was constant in the first game? Big plays. We eliminate the big plays. We got to make that young quarterback move the ball down the field methodically. Don't let him do things out of character throw the ball and people catch and run over our heads. We can't have that. We, we nullify that, we win the game. Thanks, champ. Appreciate it. Nick Saban has only one loss against his former assistants. The one guy who ever beat him joins us next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. The national championship is Monday night, a rematch of the SEC championship game between Georgia and Alabama. It was when Alabama took a hold of that top spot that Georgia defense was supposed to get it done, right? It didn't happen. And ESPN has a mega cast on ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN+, and coverage starts on ESPN Radio right here, 7 p.m. Eastern. Texas A&M head coach Jimbo Fisher will be a part of the film room on ESPN2, and he joins us now on the Goodyear Hotline. Morning, Coach. Morning, guys. How you doing? 
doing well, good, good, Jimbo. Good to, good to, good to hear you. Um, you ever get tired of of hearing that? Hearing, hearing what? So, hearing what? Hearing that you that you are the guy to beat. Uh, so, excuse, <laughs> I don't. Excuse li- me. I don't listen anymore. <laughs> I don't listen anymore. It was a one game deal and. You know, we played. We played well that day, and uh, you know, we got to continue to build a program and, and do what we need to do. But you know, I don't. I don't get caught up in that. I, I really don't. I mean, that's it's great. I mean, beating a number one team—that's your goal and what you're capable of as an organization. But you know, the thing that was disappointing that we played really well after that. We didn't finish the year like we needed to. Some of our youth showed up eventually, and uh, how you finish in a long season. But it does give you the you know what your capabilities are in the future and the kind of players we have here. So, from that standpoint, it's good. Other than that, we have, we got to move on, and, and you got to win them all. Jimbo, you you and the Aggies, y'all took down, obviously, the Alabama Crimson Tide, and now Kirby Smart is up again trying to take down Alabama for the national title. What is it going to take, though, for Kirby to finally get over that hump and get this national title? Because you have one. Well, I mean, I think truly forget trying to win the national title. Go play a great football game. You, you played in Super Bowls. Yeah, you played in NBA, I mean, in uh, national championship games. At the end of the day, it's still a football game. And you can't get caught up in, in what you're trying to accomplish, but more importantly, how you got to play. When you play. when you play big games, it's about how you perform in those games. It's about the execution of the game. And I think sometimes you got to eliminate the hype, eliminate the clutter, and remember it's a football game. Now, it's an important football game. It's a big football game. But, but listen, you're there with them, too, or you would, you're a good team and you wouldn't be there. And you're going to have to play a great – for 60 minutes, you're going to have to play a great football game knowing who your opponent is. And at that level, no matter who you play, you're going to have to play that way. And I think they got to get out of their head that it's Alabama. they got to get out of their head that it's a national championship and all that. And they got to play a football game and let that, that those practice habits come to the surface where they can execute in big moments. Coach, I'm curious to ask you just about how Kirby Smart and company kind of handle the pressure that comes along with winning a game of this magnitude. How, how would you – how do you guys do it, and, and how do you think they should do it? I think it's just what I talked about. I mean, you got to remind them of what you've done daily, what you how you perform, show them the film of these – I mean, that they're, they, they're the same people you are, and eliminate yourself from the situation. But, again, that's what separates great players and great teams from all teams. You know that, is eliminating the, the situation is big, and it's what our ultimate goal is. But how did we get here? Why did we get here? You know, it's like, you know – when kids go and they're starting to play well and all of a sudden they get the distractions of all the things that go with success, what, what, why, why do people want to talk to you? Why, do, why are you here? Because you played great football. How did you do that? You practiced well, you played well, and eliminate who, who you're playing against and what the situation is. Now, saying that's very easy, and you know that. You've all played in those games. Yeah. You've got to learn to process that information. And I think hopefully the SEC championship game is a great reminder for them of that, that, hey, in a crazy way, as much pressure is on Georgia, they can flip and say there's not pressure on us. All right, we went through it. We got to do it. Uh, we 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 lost the other one. Why did we lose the other one? Let's go back and play our game, relax, and you got to get them back to normal to where they're playing like they're practicing and creating those habits. I mean, I believe that because you lose all the great games you've ever played. People always say, man, I wasn't even thinking. I was just re-. You know, you got to lose yourself in the game and the execution of the game and what's going on, not the outcome of the game. The outcomes can't be – the ultimate that that's got to be second thought, and it's only going to come if you play well and you understand those key situations and and not become outcome oriented. Coach, you 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 obviously have played coached in huge games, national championship games, regular season games, and you mentioned you said you know just go out there and play and don't worry about us Alabama. Don't be looking at 
but you you do understand that that crimson over there is Alabama. You do understand that that is yep. young the quarterback, and that's the boss on the sideline who walks up and down and screaming yep. and yelling. How do you get that off of your young players? Because these are college; these aren't pros. These are eighteen, nineteen, twenty-year-old kids that are looking at that sideline and saying, "Oh my God, that's Nick Saban over there." How do you get that out of their mind? I think that's got to go go on during the week. I think it's got to go on during practice. And I think that's where when you coach, how hard you coach, the way you coach, the way you put it in their frame of mind, and you can understand you want what they got, but at the end of the day, you got to perform to get what they have. And I think the explanation of, all right, here's, it's not that what we want and who that is. Here's how we have to do it, and you have to trust me as the head coach. I'm giving you that formula to break through to understand this. I've been there. I've done it. You have it. And this is what we have to – when Kirby was an assistant, this is how – at Alabama, this is how we did it because he was with Nick. This is how we made Alabama. We did it off this formula. I know how they think. I know what they do. This is our formula for us doing it. And it turns back into a game. And, you know, it's just like all the programs who ever turned the corner. It was like when, when Coach Ashevsky went to all those Final Fours for all those years before then he finally won it. And they come back and won it. I mean, upset that great UNLV team and did that. Then the Buccaneers, when you guys won that first Super Bowl and all those types of things. And we won it at Florida State after all those years. I mean, you know, you can, you got to get back into making – it's got to be a, a yearly project. This hopefully started in the summer. It's not going to start right now. It's not going to start this week. It's got to it's got to be been, been ingrained the whole process and the whole way through. And you got to say, and at the end of the day, you got to trust me as your coach. Because right now, at the end of the day, you know this. When you get to these big games, and the hardest thing these kids are going to have to trust is themselves. Mm-hmm. Let me trust myself to go do what i got to do and do my job based on how coaches tell me and how I'm being coached. And at the end of the day, that's what it gets back to. That's why, at the end of the day, those great teams, those habits, those daily practice habits come out, and that trust factor of the coaching staff to the players and the players to each other. But more importantly to me, I think the hardest person you ever have to trust is yourself because you can't blame it on no one else. Coaches, how you call the game, and coaches, how you call the game is the exact same way. You can't worry mm-hmm. about winning. You can't worry that's Nick Saban. We've got to do what's best for this situation in the offense and the defense and the special teams. I haven't had a chance to talk to you since you turned down that mega deal from LSU and all that money and that Brinks truck. What what made you ultimately decide that LSU was not in your plans right now? Honestly, it had nothing to do with it. I have great respect for the organization. I have great respect for the program. My, my kids were born there. When Nick and I were there coaching, my two boys were born there when I was coaching for Nick. And we won national championships and had great players and Hey, anytime you guys want to get on Spears, too, just remind me, I recruited and signed Spears, so I can give you all kind of good stories on Spears, okay, <laughs> when you all deal with Marcus. So you want to put him back, you want to, you want to get him in check, um, I, can, I can give you a bunch of them. But anyway, uh, I really believe what we're building here, even though we fell off at the end, this, this place here at A&M can be really special. The investment that people are putting into it, the facilities we're building, the things we have, and we have all the things in place. We have a great state. We're starting from the recruiting class. I knew what we were going to do in the recruiting class. I know the kind of players we have coming here, and I truly believe in the organization and the support systems we have here and what we have, that, that we can make A&M the premier program in the country. I truly believe that. And it's not a, it's not a thing, as, as you say, you, you turn down a lot of opportunities, a lot of money. And it's, at the end of the day, I want to be somewhere you can make a difference, and I think the investment these folks here, the tremendous people, and the vision we have for the future here. And as you know, to build culture and build things right, it takes a little bit of time, but I think we're right on track and have a chance to be a truly, truly great program here at A&M. You I believe that catch, in my heart 100%. You can catch Jimbo Fisher as part of the film room on ESPN2, part of ESPN's megacast for the national championship game on Monday night. Coverage on ESPN Radio begins at 7 p.m. Eastern. Thanks so much, Coach. Appreciate it. 
All right, Thank you, guys. Bro. Have a great day. All right, Coach. Good day. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. We're about to get you ready for Week 18. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. All right, y'all, it's week 18 in the NFL. Everyone knows about the big matchups. You're on Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Key. Yo. What's, why don't you tell us what's going on this weekend in the NFL that people may not know about? Well, the good thing about the NFL this week is they're honoring Kenny Washington, Woody Strode, and two, the two men that broke the color barrier in the, in the NFL 75 years ago. I wrote a book along with Bob Glauber this past spring summer uh, that was released in September. And so the Rams on the game on Sunday will honor uh, strode in, in Washington by bringing the family members and put them in, a, in attendance and recognizing them on the field. Uh, players and coaches also will uh, wear a logo on the helmets of, of, of each helmet, a decal of, of K-Dub, um, and on their gear during the game. And then on the flip side, the Browns and the Bengals also um, will recognize Bill Willis and, and Marion Motley. Uh, these four ex- distinguished gentlemen is highlighted in my book, the Forgotten First, Kenny Washington, Woody Strobe, Marion Motley, Bill Willis, the breaking of the NFL color barrier. So you just it's an amazing story. I'm glad the NFL, I'm glad the teams are honoring them with their families and bringing them down to the sidelines because it's huge. It's been a situation that's been kind of just sitting on the shelf until we decide to, me and Bob Glauber decided to unleash it and got the attention of the National Football League and plenty of media around now. So I'm I'm excited about it. That sounds like an important book to have written, Key. It must have been uh, an eye-opening experience even doing the research and everything for that book. Oh, it is. Because, you know, being being a, a black man that happened to be in the NFL, I didn't know all of the things that went on prior to me, you know, getting really into the NFL. I mean, you got to go, man, 75 years. Like, that's a long time. So you just didn't know all of the bigotry and the, and the things that went on and people keeping you out of the league because you're black and didn't want to sign you and all the, the problems that went on. I know we talked about, I know we talk about Jackie Robinson. In fact, uh, uh, Jackie Robinson played with, with uh, Kenny Washington at UCLA. And so you just didn't know a lot of stuff that's in the book, but going through the research, like you said, it was eye-opening. You go, wow, what would I have done 
could I have been as strong as these four black men if I was born and trying to play football in that day? He, uh, he, go ahead, go Jack. Ahead, no, no, I please. Gonna, I was just going to ask, is, is there any one story in particular that stood out? I mean, obviously there's a lot of stories, right? But just one that you kind of remember where you're like, damn, I didn't know it was to, to that degree. Well, I didn't know that Preston Marshall, who at the time was the owner of the Washington football team, which was the Redskins, as we know, um, that he went as so far to have games in the deep south just so that players that were minority African-Americans, blacks, would not be able to play on the opposing teams because the deep south, you know, that, that stuff was like, well, I didn't even know Miami was like that back then. I was like, Miami is Miami. But Miami was such the deep south back in those days that blacks weren't even allowed to play sports down there. It was just it was bizarre as all outdoors. I mean, it was just the craziest thing ever. And it took a, a writer here in Los Angeles from a black newspaper to get in front of it and some politicians. So when the, the Rams moved from Cleveland to Los Angeles, the only way they could play in a, in a, in a government-funded stadium was they had to sign a black player and put b- black players on their team, and they decided to do that. Where Paul Brown, who owned the Cleveland Browns, he didn't care about all that. He wanted the best players to play and win. But it was so much, man, it's so much in this book that you learn from. Even even uh, Dan Rooney, who founded the Pittsburgh Steelers, who at the time had just got the, the award at the franchise, he couldn't do what he wanted to do in terms of signing black players because – he had just got the franchise, so the last thing he wanted to do was alienate anyone. So, up on his passing, he told his he told his uh, grandson that that was one of the uh, biggest things that he regretted in his career and his life that he didn't go against the system and just do it anyway. Mm. Yeah. By the way, any t- look at the top of any profession where you see African American participation that is that is partly the result that means that there have been generations past of trailblazers african-american trailblazers men and women who had to fight the fight to get there um key and jay i'd like to make a little bit of a hard turn back to sports because i want to wrap this thing up heading into the big nfl weekend we good we good talking about a little football before we get out of here absolutely all right (laughs) What's the game you're most looking forward to this weekend? Because the Rams are going for the division. The Niners still have a chance to make the playoffs. We talked about the Chargers and the Raiders. Key, what's the game you're most looking forward to? Sunday night football. Chargers-Raiders. That's the, that is the game. That is the game of all games. You win or you go home. Because the Colts are going to probably beat the Jaguars, right? I mean... It's probably a win. Yeah. You, I mean, like, if they don't, that's a major that's, that's story. A that's a major upset. That's a win. Exactly. So the biggest game for me is the Chargers and the Raiders, Carr versus Herbert. They beat them the first time around when they played the Raiders. And now Rich Basaccia gets an opportunity to show everybody he could be the head coach in the league for the Raiders. I mean, you got a lot of storylines there. Yeah, I, I would go with the Chargers-Raiders for sure because of the rivalry. And then that's 1A. 
And number two for me would probably just be just because of divisional fan, Max, um, Cowboys, Eagles, just because I understanding how dangerous I think the Cowboys could be, even though they are volatile and seeing the way the Eagles have played as of recently and the way they run the ball. I just think that's an intriguing matchup from somebody who pays attention to that division more than anything. Yeah. Chargers Raiders for me, it's unanimous. Also, I, I hear you on the Eagles and the Cowboys. It's interesting, but Chargers Raiders for me, guys, everything you said, plus like Justin Herbert, you know, I keep saying, Oh my God, look at this guy's talent. The numbers he puts up, just look, checks every box at a stupid high level. The whole thing. They can't stop the run, this and that. Joe Burrow beat the Chiefs to clinch the AFC North. They came out in the same draft, right? Herbert's got to win when it matters with the money on the line. I'm not trying to hear you can't stop the run. you got to figure out a way to win this game. And then the flip side is Derek Carr and the Raiders. Everything they've been through and the leadership the Carr is showing on and off the field and all that, like, this is... And, and by now, I know the Raiders are in Vegas, but oh my God, in L.A., what this means, Raiders and Chargers, that, that is the game of the Raiders. weekend for sure. Yeah, right, everyone's pulling Raiders. for the Raiders. All right, guys, we're back on Monday. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 